This is the Barbecue Central Show podcast being generated from a live recording of the Barbecue Central Show, which airs at thebbqcentralshow.com every Tuesday between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices. Visit them at thebbqguru.com or call them 800 800- 288-GURU. And by Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. Sauces, rubs, grills, smokers, everything for the outdoor chef. Visit them online at tastylicksbbq.com or call them 800-677-2882. And by Butcher Barbecue. Manufacturers of premium injections, rubs, and sauces. Visit them online and take full advantage at butcherbbq.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jeweler. Official jeweler of the Barbecue Central Show. Visit them at stephendefranco.com or call 440-943-2700 and use keyword Barbecue Brother to receive all the discounts. And by iGrill, manufacturer of Bluetooth-enabled temperature, which is generated and sent to your smart device. You can find out more information by visiting iGrillInc.com. Use promo code CENTRAL to get 15% off your entire order at the iGrill Inc. store. And by Green Mountain Grills, one of the country's premier pellet grill manufacturers. Three different sizes to choose from, something to fit in every budget, and find out more by visiting GreenMountainGrills.com. And by CookShack, the country's premier manufacturer of electronic and pellet-driven cookers, servicing the residential, commercial, and competition markets. Visit CookShack.com for more information. Hi, this is Scott Greenia from Fairfax, Vermont, also known as Scotty BQ. And you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. folks, good evening, and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you. Two ways to do it. A local call to Cleveland, 216-220-0966, not toll-free anymore. You can also email the show, which has always been free, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com, your two bits of contact info. Anything else you want to know about the show, you can find it at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. Like signing up for the newsletter, which I always tell you about. In case you aren't on the newsletter, let me tell you what's happening here tonight, because it's we don't call it the really big barbecue show just willy-nilly. There's some meat behind it, pun intended. And about 13 minutes from now, not barbecue-related per se, but an 11-time-in-a-row Jeopardy! champion, Arthur Chu, joins us. Yes, Arthur Chu. 
At 9.35, a guest last Barbecue Pitmaster season, a guest this Barbecue Pitmaster season, Pitmaster of the Rolling Grill, Eric Easy e Thomas joining us on the show. And then we move to the second hour where we'll find such succulent guests as the third Tuesday guest of every month, icon Stephen Reichlin will be joining us. And making his triumphant return to the Barbecue Central Show Jungle, official sauce and rub reviewer of the Barbecue Central Show, hot chili head expert Scott Roberts in the house. And by in the house, I mean Skype video. So there you go. Jam-packed, locked, loaded, lots to get to. Can't believe we're going to jam it all inside of a fun-filled two-hour show getting out to the globe on the Internet. All right couple things right off the bat uh, first if you are watching the, if you're watching the show because lord knows if you're trying to just listen to the show on the audio stream it's not working it's not working i don't know why it's not working but i do know it's not working so here's what you have to do if you are a faithful watcher of the show you're really unaffected at the moment although given the weather that we've had here recently things could change at a rapid rate and we could be having no show tonight, but the audio or the video stream is working. So, if you are a uh, frequent audio, uh, or I'm sorry, if you're a frequent video expert, please do me a favor and tell everybody that you know that usually tunes in on the audio side that for whatever reason the stream is down. Go to Outdoor Cooking Channel right now. If you've never seen the video portion of the show, this is your time. This is your call. It's destiny that you get on to the OutdoorCookingChannel.com and check it out there. Or if you have Roku, go to the Roku app store, download the Outdoor Cooking Channel app, and then you can watch the show live here every Tuesday. You can also uh, check out the full archives of the Barbecue Central show along with some other shows uh, that deal with outdoor live fire cooking on the Outdoor Cooking Channel app through Roku as well. And, of course, you can subscribe to this show for the audio uh, replays via iTunes. You can also go to YouTube slash barbecue for you for the video replays, outdoor cooking channels I just mentioned. Of course, the main website has all the ways to get the archives of the shows. So, yes, there is a show. If you are typically an audio stream listener, then, you know, it's it's going to be a rough one. And by rough one, I mean no show for you. Uh, did you start the stream in the same software? I mean, come on. Ronan, this isn't my first time ever doing the show. I know <laughs> there's, a, there's a bigger issue, a task here. It's not that I have, don't have anything started or anything. I mean, come on. I never, stop, I never stopped the audio stream. It started many years ago. I've never hit the stop button unless the computer reboots. Then, and only then, can I say that I've gone out of my way to physically stop it. But I haven't even... Gone, well, gone out of my way. Yes, I know, I know, I know all these people. I mean, how... Uh, uh. For instance, John Dawson of Patio Daddio Barbecue, faithful tune-in app listener, is just freaking out because the uh, audio stream is down. And I have no way to figure out how to fix it. I mean, it'll. I imagine it'll just come back on. Luckily, I'm recording, so you can now, the live listener can feel what it's like to be the podcaster. Yes, see, we're changing lives every day. 
Now, some of you might be looking and saying, aside from all, Rempy looks good again. I mean, every week, right? You notice, maybe I took a little off the top. I'm getting a lot of the, uh, hey, it's the summer dew comments. No, it has nothing to do with summer dew. Quite honestly, if it's just between you, me, and the fence post. This was a much bigger scheme. Long, drawn out. Played like so much human chest. Chest? Like so much human chess. You know, you would recall last summer, a little over a year ago, you know, I was, you know, kind of working back. Look, you know, I'm as non-vain as it comes, especially with the hair. I've never been a big hair guy. Uh, I've always known, you know, I'm not, well, let me put it this way. I've never been a guy that has decided that, at any and all costs, I'm going to keep what I have, and I'm going to do whatever it takes by any means necessary to keep it and style it, as it were, if I was in grade school or high school or whatever. I've never been that guy. I refuse to be that guy. It's not me. I'm not vain when it comes to hair. You know, I'm vain if I'm a big fat effer, but I've never been a big vain Oh, my hair, oh, my hair. I don't care about my hair. Luckily for me, my head is nicely circumferenced. I don't know if that's a word. So all the way last year, I was like, yeah, you know, honey, I got to shave my head. I'm, you know, I'm going to be bald at some point or it's going to look bad. I don't want to look bad. You know, I'm just going to shave it off. I'm not going to keep it so. But I got to look to see, you know, what I look like, Right. And she's, okay, go ahead. So, you know, shaving it all off. And, you know, lo and behold, you saw what it looked like. It wasn't terrible. There were no big divots in the head, which is great. Nobody wants divots in the head. So we found out aesthetically that the head was good. But the tracks were laid because I knew I could grow the hair back out. After everybody got over the initial shock of me shaving my head bald... I would be able to do it again. People were used to it now. So this time, when I started complaining about the hair, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get it shaved off. Wife was like, yeah, just go do it. I went over to the lady that cuts my hair, told her to take it down. So as you see now, boom, done. Got home. No problem whatsoever. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Look, I've never understood the guy's... That, uh, I mean, how long ago was the comb over in fashion? Was that ever in fashion? That was the worst invention ever. Whoever thought about growing hair on this side of your head down to like your shoulder and whipping it over. You get a halfway decent gust of wind. Your hair's like flapping in the breeze. Oh, no. I'm... I, that's worse. That's worse than pretty much anything. It's worse than a bad hairpiece. It's worse than bad plugs. The comb over is the worst, and there's no way. If you told me that I could get like hot chicks with a comb over, ah, uh, no, no thanks. It's the worst look ever. It could be the worst look. Period. In fact, we might ask, 
one Arthur Chu what his thoughts are on the comb over, since he is a, uh, a master of knowledge. Uh, and that's who we're going to come getting up out of the break. Arthur Chu, uh, Jeopardy champ, 11-time Jeopardy champ before he was knocked off. Uh, we'll get hit to him out of the break. But first, let me talk to you quickly about Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply, known for their amazing wide selection of cookers, sauces, rubs, and all the things for both the backyard cook and the serious competition team. They sell Big Green Eggs, Kamado Joes, Primos, Mac and Green Mountain Pellet Grills, all the Weber Grills and Smokers, as well as Meadow Creek Smokers and Cookers. They're also one of the largest barbecue guru dealers in the country. And the very first to offer professional and amateur cooking classes featuring well-known chefs like Harry Sue, Todd Johns, Dan Hickson from Three Eyes Barbecue. So call Fred Bernardo, the smoking guitar player, or call him anything you want, so long as you buy something. I'm just kidding. Anyway, I mean, call him up or any of the friendly staff at this number. This one's toll-free, 800-677-2882. That's 800-677-2882. Or just go over to your worldwide internets and look them up at tastylicksbbq.com. And don't forget that the Smoke Guitar Player now has over probably 160 cooking videos on the website. And a couple of them doesn't even try to sell you anything at all. Just spitting game, dropping mad barbecue science on that ass for free. Again, that's Tasty Lake's Barbecue Supply in beautiful, dare I say, tropical, downtown Chillington, Pennsylvania. Or, again, on the warmer confines of the internet, TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. All right, Arthur Chu coming up out of the break. Jeopardy! Champagne to the tune of 300 grand poly. We'll get him up right after this. Stick around. You are listening and, well, you're just watching the Barbecue Central show tonight right here on the Barbecue Central Networks. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Email greg at thebbqcentralshow.com, this portion of the Barbecue Central Show. Brought to you by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities, $500,000 in cash to be won, plus eternal bragging rights if you win the whole damn thing. This week's the Sam's Tour rolling into the mile-high city of Denver, Colorado, this coming Saturday for a local qualifier. To keep up with the tour or register to compete, visit kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. That's kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. Sam's Club's board, everybody. All right, folks. 
I always say, you know, the Barbecue Central show is a show about barbecue, but not always about barbecue. Sometimes I like to get outside the box a bit, and we do it right now at the top of the show. My first guest blew up the Jeopardy scene for 11 straight nights recently, happens to be a fellow Clevelander. So we race over to the hotline and welcome in, hopefully, new friend of the show, Arthur Chu. Arthur, how are you, bud? Hi. Uh, Arthur, well? I'm more than happy to uh, have you here tonight. People are probably like, what, this guy's a Cleveland guy? Rampy, you're in Cleveland. Look, it's got to be super creepy to have somebody you've never known going, oh, by the way, you can come over and hang out in my basement and do the show, right? Well, you know, (laughs) I've been in enough basements in my life that I'm kind of hardened to it by now. So I was scanning through some TV stations one day. This is a little background Mm -hmm. about how I found you. And I think it might have been CNN, and you're doing one of these many interviews that you were doing about the game show, and I'm kind of half paying attention, and I look in the backdrop, I'm like, hey, it looks like Terminal Tower or maybe Key Building, and I look at the top right, sure enough, Cleveland, Ohio was ID'd at the top of the screen, I do a quick Google search, you're kind of easy enough to find, but kind of hard to get an interview with you during the whole run, but nevertheless, Cleveland Mm -hmm. Connection for me is hands down good enough to, to keep chasing, I'm glad we're able to do it. So, right, right. can we say tonight that you are like at minute 14 and second 59 of a 15-minute frame uh, fame clock if you're on the Barbecue Central show tonight? Uh, it's more like minute number 17, really. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> baby! Or- we're we're kind of a you know I'm not on I'm not on you know major news networks anymore, but um, people I've still got like. 15,000 people, follow, uh, 11,000 people following me on Twitter. So, you know, it's it's the internet level of celebrity that I've kind of plateaued at. There so, you go. All right. So, you know, when a barbecue show reaches out to you for an interview, like what's the first thing that goes through your mind? Is you think it's like a bullshit or are you like, yeah, I'm down with that or what? Well, I was wondering if there would be actual barbecue involved. But, oh. you know, it was a little bit disappointing to find out that there wasn't. But. Well, the good news is you're kind of local. So when I have the next big barbecue, uh, you get the invite and you can actually know that I have barbecue chops. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. All right. We're talking with Arthur Chu. If you don't know who he is, uh, Arthur-Chu.com, the website. 11 time, uh, recently 11 time in a row, uh, Jeopardy champ. Um, trivia guy in general, Arthur, there, there's a lot of people out there yeah. who just seem to know a little bit about a lot of stuff. Is that kind of you or, or where do you fit into that whole deal? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you don't get to, no one even... Um, in order to even like consider being on Jeopardy, you have to be someone where your whole life they've been telling you, "Oh, you know so much stuff. Oh, you should be on that show," you know. But um, you, you find out where the gaps in your knowledge are pretty quick when you're studying for the show. So I know a lot about a lot of random things, but I have some pretty, uh, you know, sports is a big, you know, stumper category for me. There's that famous moment on the show when I did that five dollar daily double on a <laughs> sports question. When yeah. you. Uh, when we talk about the show, is that something like how do you apply for it? I mean, I've you know, watched it like a billion times in my life. Obviously, I've never had the same thought where you did, where you're like, hey, let's go ahead and see if I can't get on it. Never been that far, but how do you get on a show like that? Um, Jeopardy's actually um, it's pretty easy. It's a lot easier than it used to be. There's a website. So you go to jeopardy.com and they tell you when they're having the online test. The online test is in January. So you just log on on that day and you take a time test, and if you score high enough, you get thrown in the pool. And if they, you know, they draw your name out of the pool, they'll call you in for an in-person audition. That's also pretty simple. It's a day of like hanging out in a hotel somewhere, and you know, playing a mock game of Jeopardy and taking the test again, and that's it. 
you know, one day and then you forget about it. I totally even forgot that I did audition when they finally called me. <laughs> Arthur Chu joining me here on the show. Uh, how does it fit into like real life schedule? Once you, when you I mean once you make it onto the show, you start winning. You keep winning. You keep playing, kind of like softball, kind of like baseball, whatever. It seems like depending on what you might do for a living, it could become an issue at some point. No. Uh, yeah, it could, but the thing that people don't realize is the show is taped in a block, so the whole week is taped in one day. It's five episodes, Monday, Tuesday, th- Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and that's one day of taping. So I was on for 12 games. I lost my 12th game, so I was only there for uh, three days total. And as soon as you lose, that's it. You get turned right out, and, and you're done. Yeah, yeah. Um, unless you want enough to get invited for, back for a tournament of champions in the future. But, you know, you only get one chance to be on on the regular season. So once you're selected to be on the first show, what kind of a time span do you have between, hey, Arthur, you're going to be on, to, okay, it's game show night? Uh, about 30 days and you, Do you have all that time to study or, like, what's the – What's the what's your well? We would know what the game strategy is. We'll get to here in a second. But like, what's the prep strategy to get in? Oh, um, to get to get invited onto the game, or once you no, been once you're picked, like, what's your yeah. strategy to prep for the game itself? Yeah, for me, I, well, I watched the show every day when it was on TV. I caught as many episodes of the show. I don't think they had the crackle thing back then, so I was just looking up episodes that people randomly uploaded onto YouTube. Just try to immerse myself in the show as much as possible. Um, there's this website called the J Archive, which um, is like all these questions, all these answers, I should say, these clues from the show um, compiled from past seasons on the Internet. And you can just go through them and test yourself. And I just got obsessed with doing that. I made some flashcards that were about topics that come up on the show a lot. Um, so, you know, I'd recommend for anyone who is trying to get on the show. There's some wheelhouse categories like, you know, U.S. state capitals, world capitals, state nicknames, that kind of thing. You know, um, and then it was just like going over that basic material again and again. It's better to know a, a few things and know them really, really well than to try to learn everything. You know. So you have the preparatory. Now, once you get into the game, obviously you have a strategy laid out to how you're going to execute in-game. Where right, did you uh, – is that, is that a strategy that other people have used or is that something that you kind of really brought to light? Because I know a lot of people are kind of pissed about it. <laughs> well, um, people have said different things. Um, the basic ideas that I used, they were all there. I think it might, I might be relatively unusual in putting them all together that way. But um, the thing where I bounced around from category to category, that's called the Forest Bounce. That's named after Chuck Forrest, who did it in 1985, which is like the second season of Jeopardy in history. So um, it's not particularly new. Um, you know, going out of order to, to hunt the daily doubles. You know, uh, Roger Craig did that in 2011. The computer, Watson, did that. And that's what kind of drew my attention to it, that they, they had all these interviews and they did the Watson matches where they talked to the team from IBM that interviewed uh, sorry, that invented the the program um, that they they put into Watson to play Jeopardy, and they were talking about um, all these strategies that, in their tests, were optimal for winning the game. And if you get the daily double earlier, you're more likely to win the game. If you get a big lead earlier, you're more likely to win the game. So, all that stuff just kind of makes sense, you know. As I had mentioned, and as uh, the games wore on, you kept winning, and people were seemingly enamored with your strategy in-game, uh, inevitably the hate comes... I, I, would, I would fathom a guess that if it was 10 years ago, 
you wouldn't have got nearly the press because obviously there's just not as much technology and social media and all this other stuff, and it just kind of would have blew by, and that would have been it. However, not the case. So all of a sudden there's like a correct way to play the game, and I've always been under the belief that if you aren't doing anything that's like in direct violation of any rule, there shouldn't be any issue with it, right? Were you surprised with the people saying, oh, that's uh, taking away from the, uh, the, the tradition of the game? I mean, I don't even know what that means. I wasn't completely surprised because I actually did, you know, I looked it up before I did it. I went online and I saw that there were a lot of people who were posting back in uh, 2005. There was a guy who did something similar, Dave Madden. He's the number two um, winningest regular season Jeopardy player of all time. I'm number three. So, you know, he did pretty well and a lot of people hated him for it. They said they didn't like his style of play, that it made the game hard to watch, that it was unsportsmanlike. So there's nothing new under the sun. It's just in 2005, there weren't as many people on Twitter. Twitter didn't exist, you know, so there wasn't there wasn't the same kind of instant social media reaction. But, you know, I can kind of see, unlike other games, you don't feel like you're playing along when you watch a football game or a baseball game, but people like to play along with Jeopardy. So if I do something, you know, that logical to try to win the game to make it harder for my opponents, I'm also making it harder for the people playing at home. And that people kind of have an emotional reaction to that, you know, so it's not surprising. I just wish people would have a little more self-awareness when they start yelling about how I'm, I'm doing something so terrible by trying to win money for me and my wife and ruining their enjoyment of the game. You know, <laughs> Arthur Chu joining me here on the show, Arthur dash Chu again, the website, if you want to check it out and see what he's up to, I'm going to uh, speculate here just for a second, but do you think perhaps it's really jealousy that is coming from these people or in other words, they didn't think, of playing the game this way they see that you're blasting everyone in the face <laughs> taking all the money and they're like damn i could play like that and make bang too i hate that kid there's there's a yeah there's there's a there's an element of it where you know there's a whole lot of um people who play along at home and think that the game is easy because they can do well at it playing along from from home and you know you hear this all the time it's like a cliche like it's one thing to play from home it's another thing to play it in yeah. the studio but yeah. it's not just that you're more comfortable at home it's like you're not doing the same thing that we're doing you don't have to worry about buzzing in first you don't have to worry about you know making smart bets on the daily doubles or that kind of thing you're just you know just seeing if you know the answer to the question and, and yeah a lot of people know enough stuff to get on jeopardy but the game isn't really about knowing stuff everyone kind of has this baseline of how much they know and then once you're actually on the game, it's, it's much more like a game of, you know, stamina and reflexes and strategy and that kind of thing. And people, I don't think, like being reminded that the game's a lot harder than they think it is. They like to think, oh, because I can play along at home, you know, I could do really well if I were on the show. And, you know, a lot of really smart people don't do that well on the show. There's a lot of other things that go into it besides the, the stuff that you do when you play at home. Yeah, and I think it was uh, – I saw one under, uh, one other interview a couple days ago when I was uh, doing a little bit of research is, you know, th this hunting for daily doubles early, the keeping your opponents away from them, you know, one thing as well. And I think a lot of people get lost in this whole, you know, how the game was played. And you mentioned a lot of smart people. But, I mean, look, I mean, you've got to know a lot of answers too, right? <laughs> if you don't know answers, you don't make money. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the unsportsmanlike thing, yeah, I mean – Outside of a few, like a very few situations, you, there's no way to get money, get more money than your opponents in Jeopardy without knowing more answers. That's that's just it, you know. Um, so, you know, um, I, I think I'm gonna have 
I think a lot of people are going to be watching this upcoming tournament of champions because of all the press that I got. And then, you know, maybe I'll be able to vindicate myself to the haters by playing against some really top players and seeing whether I know more than them. Everybody knows about my strategy now, so it's not like I can surprise anybody with it. So, you know, I'm kind of, you know, getting ready to see if I, either I'll be really humiliated this fall. I think that's when we're going to have it, or I'm going to be vindicated, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Alex Trebek, douchey or pretty cool guy? He seems like a pretty cool guy to me. I mean, he's very professional, so we weren't really, you know, buddy-buddy. He's He goes through, like, so many contestants in the course of a day. But I never understood why people, you know, don't like him. Or I think I think that comes across more when you're watching it on TV. When you're on the show, you're so nervous, and him being so, like, sort of bland and calm, it's a, it's a very, you know, calming thing. He thinks it's no big deal, so you don't think it's a big deal. It's, it's part of his job. Is he able to drop the hammer on correct answers or, or not. I know there was like this uh, infamous exchange between uh, enunciation discrepancies where, you know, he said, no, it's it's this, it's that because of a hard G or a soft G. Is he allowed to, to drop the hammer like that? He doesn't, he doesn't make those decisions. He's just the host. The decisions are made by a panel of judges who are, aren't on TV. They're, they're sitting next to the camera where you can't see them. And nothing is final in the game unless they say so. So actually, um, I, I feel bad if it made it look like I was mad at Alex at, at Trebek because I wasn't. Um, but I was a lot more keyed up than you would think because it wasn't that he just like ruled me wrong. He ruled me right. And then the producers at the judges table are yelling, stop, stop taping, stop taping. And then we were standing there for like half an hour while they argued about one of those things. And then we had to go back and start taping again. Then Alex had to tape it again, saying that I got it wrong. And oh. so I was like really strung out after that whole experience. And so that probably came out on TV. But it wasn't like I was mad at Alex because <laughs> Alex wasn't, didn't make that call. Alex, If it was Alex's call, I would have gotten it right. You know, so... I guess that's where the whole thing at the end where portions of this game were edited oh, yeah. for uh, sake of time. Well, I never even knew that that would happen in a game. A half an hour yeah. delay, you got to go back. Wow, it's just like reality television. <laughs> uh, Arthur, in a vacuum, you know, the just shy of 300 grand overall winnings or, or whatever, great windfall, no doubt about it. But mm -hmm. it, it's not like long-term FU money, like you won $5 billion or anything like that. So, right. I mean, you're a 30-year-old guy, you got a wife. What's the plan like with the cash? What do you hope to achieve with it? Um, I mean, it's not so much the cash as the like 15 minutes of fame. The cash, I was always thinking the majority of that was going to go into investments, into relatively safe investments. Um, you know, I, I talked about stuff like going on a trip or like donating to charity, and I, I plan to do both of those things. But I always thought, you know, the, the smart thing, I got here by being smart, and I'm going to keep on being smart, is to not spend it all. Uh, but to, to, you know, save it for retirement. Um, but uh, what's been most interesting, I never expected that this many people would be paying attention to me, that my name would be all over the place, that I'd be in the news. So, you know, I've been talking with um, you know, people. Maybe, maybe there's some interest in seeing me write a book about something. Maybe there's some interest in seeing me write articles about something. I think it's the 15 minutes of fame was partly because of the Jeopardy thing, but also it wouldn't have happened if, you know, at least some people weren't interested in hearing me talk about stuff when they contacted me for, you know, interviews and that kind of thing. So that that's that's sort of the, the tentative, no big announcement, but that's kind of what I'm looking into right now. So maybe some books, maybe some, uh, you know, Internet writings or, or something along the yeah, lines yeah. just to kind of get Arthur out there still. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you do for a living? Uh, for a living, at my day job, I work for an insurance company in the legal department. So a lot of fun stuff, reading contracts, studying insurance regulations, that kind of thing. And uh, you guys are uh, just over on the, the west side of Cleveland, correct? We're not, we're not in Cleveland. We're south on 77. We're um, in Broadview Heights. Yeah. Uh, Arthur, I hate to break it to you. Suburb of Cleveland. Sorry. Anybody that listens to the show has no idea what we're talking about. So it's just, it's just the west, south, <laughs> okay, west, the west Cleveland. Side, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so, uh, are you, so you're going to be on the, uh, the Tournament of Champions. Is it uh, – if you were to go up against uh, – what's that uh, – Ken – is it Carpenter or what, whoever? Is he like the number one guy ever in yeah. the game? Ken Jennings is a legend. Would you just so like to go up wins. against him head-to-head and see who would, who would come out on top? <laughs> it would be fun to do that someday. Um, he's not going to be in this tournament of champions because it's just for the 2014 season. Yeah. If I, you know, you know, God willing, if I'm still around, uh, you know, I, my, my mind hasn't totally gone. Maybe when they have the next battle of the decades or something, I can represent the uh, 2010s and the battle of the decades. The next time they do one, um, I don't have really high hopes for what happened going up against Ken Jennings. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. But Ken went for 74 games without losing. I went for 11. You know, no one's even close to his record. And, you know, he's in this current battle of the decades, representing the 2000s. And in his, like, qualifying match, he had more than triple the amount of money that his opponents had going into Final Jeopardy. You know, so he's he's a tough nut to crack. I mean, maybe if I got, like, my dream board, you know. Um, but we'll see. Arthur Chu is a 11-time-in-a-row Jeopardy! champion, uh, stockpiled nearly $300,000, and cashing in on the uh, fame clock, as he said. We're at minute 17 here on the Barbecue Central Show. Uh, Arthur, appreciate the time tonight. Again, you can visit him at Arthur-Chu, that's C-H-U.com. And uh, he's a voiceover guy, too, like me a little bit, so if you're looking for a uh, sexy Cleveland voice, he's the guy you want to check out. Uh, appreciate the time tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. All right, take care. There he is, Arthur Chu, everybody. Yeah. Bet you didn't think we would ever have a Jeopardy champion on the show, baby. Yes! Patrick Paquette thought I would hate a non-barbecue guest, but that was cool. Of course. I'm not going to bring a non-barbecue guy on here that's going to suck. You ever seen this guy do an interview prior to being on the show? I mean, he's got personality, cachet. You know, albeit, you know, it looks like he might have just woke up from a nap. At least he remembered to come on the show. You know how many barbecue superstars forget that they're booked on the show? Plenty, pal. Plenty. Thanks to Arthur Chu. Let me talk to you for a few minutes about the longest-running sponsor of the show, Barbecue Guru. Located in Warminster, Pennsylvania, the Barbecue Guru... Gang, if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cookers, stop here. This is the company that started it all. They're creators of this technology. Why would you buy from anybody else? I don't know why. Good job, uh, Patrick, by the way, on the sponsor call. Not familiar with how these little beauties work? I'm not going to get into the minute detail, but imagine a product that lets you set your pit temperature, and once it's set, it keeps it running at that set temperature all the way through the cook. It is not too good to be true. It is real life. You can take advantage of this technology today. 
Maybe you are a busy working professional, or perhaps you are constantly on the run with kids, doing errands. Quite frankly, you just don't have the time to sit around and tend pit temperatures. Barbecue Guru allows you to throw in a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs. You're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. And the Guru maintains the pit temperature you set it at. Number of different models to choose from. The Procom for, Procom oh, CyberQ Wi-Fi is the industry standard at this point. You know, if you don't want to get up out of bed anymore and see where your pit temperature is at, if you don't want to get up anymore and increase or decrease the pit temperature, CyberQ Wi-Fi is the place to be. You can connect it to a Wi-Fi internet connection, smartphone, iPads, tablets, netbooks, laptops. If it's got the ability to connect to the internet, you have the ability to See where your internal temperatures are at. You can adjust pit temperatures. It's a beautiful thing. Or if you want to get the entry model in, PartyQ, right there, 129 bucks for most cookers. PartyQ, easiest point of entry into the pit temperature control device. It is self-contained package, runs on AA batteries, getting a facelift. Uh, Barbecue Bob Trudnack will be on here sooner than later to talk about the whole new unveiling of the new CyberQ, or uh, of the new PartyQ. You also have the CyberQ, the DigiQ DX2. It's great. you got to check it out. Also, the Onyx Oven, if you're looking for a cooker, do yourself a favor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com. Check out their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly, 800-288-GURU. They will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. That's 800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com, the barbecue guru, a breakthrough. In barbecue technology, we're back with Eric Thomas of the Rolling Grill. Stick around. We'll be right back. Seven seven four four eight zero four three three to get on the air. Now here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, we're back. 216-220-0966, Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Two ways to get in touch with me, should you see fit. Email from Deputy Corey. Greg, it's Corey. I'm still at work. I can't get my phone to cooperate with getting the show. I'm logged in as a guest in the chat room, though. Not my MTD. Corey, it's all right. The, the, the stream is down for whatever reason, but that's all right. We're doing it live here on the video side. And uh, joining me right now is the pitmaster of the Rolling Grill, fresh off his second appearance on the very popular Barbecue Pitmasters TV show, also a newly published author with the book How to Start a Home-Based Food Truck Business. Let's head on over to the hotline and welcome in friend of the show, Eric Thomas, joining me. Eric, how are you, buddy? Man, I'm, man how you doing, Greg? 
I'm doing absolutely fabulous tonight, Eric. Appreciate you uh, making time for the show. So if we could, let's start with the TV show, since that's kind of like most recent as far as things that have happened, at least uh, as we've seen on the television. Uh, debut episode of the newest season of Barbecue Pitmasters, and you make it back on again, I believe now twice in as many seasons, if I'm correct. Did you have to uh, reapply for casting? Do you feel the call from somebody saying, hey, Eric, you want to be on the show again? How does that uh, kind of work out for you? Yeah, well, you know, actually, you know, I reached out to him, actually, and, and told him if it was possible, I wanted back in, man. Um, so, you know, I did have to go through the whole process, though, myself and uh, I think all the rest of the guys, too, Robbie as well. We had to go through the video process again just to, you know, just to make sure everything was level with everybody else that was applying for it. But, um, yeah, it was the same process pretty much. And uh, to your, uh, I mean, was it to, to your surprise that they were uh, amenable to, to bringing you back on? Or or let me ask you this, have you had you talked to anybody previously that had been on the show and made the call back to say they'd like to be on again and they were told to go pound salt? No, I haven't talked to anybody that had that had bad, that, that wasn't able to get back on. I've actually talked to uh, a few people that have actually been on the show twice and uh, I mean, the process for them was all the same. Also, I don't think anybody's really ever gotten a call saying come back on, you know, that I know of. I think everybody has pretty much had to go back through the process just so it's fair for everybody, you know, because I'm sure they get a lot. I think this time they got 300, 300 uh, videos in. So they had a lot of stuff to go through. So I think they just wanted to keep it level for everybody. You make the call. You do the video. Were you surprised that you were back on again so soon? Mm, yeah, I was actually. I was. uh I was really surprised. You know, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know how, how the whole thing would work out, you know, um, based off, you know, you know, my showing last time, maybe another season, but I, I've never known anybody to do it back to back other than, I guess, you know, Myron's been on there forever. Tuffy's been on there forever. Leanne's been on a few times, but I was, I was quite shocked, man. I was shocked, but I was very happy. I saw a number of posts online referencing that they're, Seems to be more and more of the same team showing back up on the show again. And if the show, so let me ask you this question: If the shoe was on the other foot, let's say Eric Thomas, successful guy, has got the you know the barbecue business, all this stuff. You've sent in videos before, but you'd never been on. Would you be a little pissed that you've now seen another team on this show twice in two seasons? If uh, if this was you not having been on the show twice. <laughs> You know what? Actually, not at all. I mean, I applied for that show uh, since the second season and never got a call, but not at all. I mean, at the end of the day, man, you know, I think the guys that are complaining about that, you know, do less complaining and just work on your video now. Like right now, Barbecue Pitmasters has come on in April, so you know they're going to have another season that's probably going to start shooting sometime in September, October. So instead of all the complaining, work on your video now. Work on your personality. Yep. You know, talk, talk in your videos less about all, all the awards you've accomplished and talk about how you're going to teach somebody yet sitting at home that's been burning chicken or, or burning ribs all their life that really wants to learn something from watching the show. I think where a lot of guys mess up is they, 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 they lean too much on the accolades and less on the education. The show is really about educating those that sit at home that don't know anything about competition, don't care. They just want to learn how to cook from the pros. No. So, your ego aside, put a good video together and 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 let it let it you know let it go from there. Now let's be clear, like not right now, now because shows up. Wait until after the show, then let's work on the video, right? I would actually start working on the video now while the competition season is going on, you know, and and just just do it, just start your video. I'd be rather I'd rather have my video ready to go when they start looking for them than having to shoot a video once they start announcing it.
but but after the show tonight, not right now, because we're watching the show, oh, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, not right now, man. But you know, sometime, you know, sometime before, you know, before the summer and spring is over, start working on your video for the next season. That's that was my next question because I thought. You know, the, the very first season, um, and I don't know how they drew out that first cast of season one, the one that everybody holds as the gold standard of pitmasters where they followed them around to competitions and stuff. And you saw Myron Mixon come off as the heel, and I thought a lot of people saw his success and how people either thought he was a complete douche or they thought he was the classic WWF heel and kind of fell in love with him and tried to copy that season after season after season. I'm a badass, I win this, I'll kick your ass, blah, blah, blah. And I think in the end, maybe the uh, general public can only take so much of a shithead. <laughs> I mean, acting like one. I don't mean Myron's a shithead. I mean, obviously, he's very respectable. But, I mean, playing the role for the television certainly is something completely different. Right. Well, I, it's, I, I don't I don't want to speak for Myron, but I think, you know, for for all of us guys that cook barbecue and and, and do it on a competition level – and actually, you know, watch shows like Pitmasters. And, I mean, you got to give it to Myron. He he is a big reason for a lot of the success of barbecue, period. If he wasn't, you wouldn't see Sears commercials with his products. You wouldn't see Destination America following him around. You wouldn't see him with hotel commercials. I mean, so, yeah, on one hand, you know, a lot of guys are going to complain. But, I mean, he's pretty much the face of barbecue right now. I give all the respect in the world to Myron. I mean, he's a good guy. Once you get to meet him and talk to him, he's a good guy. He's just like anybody else. You know, he was given opportunity. Opportunity met him at the right time, and he took advantage of it. And anybody in business that does business would do the same thing. Barbecue is a business. I think where a lot of guys mess up is they look at barbecue as just a hobby. Well, for a lot of us, it's a business. For me, it's a business. I would love to be in Myron's shoes with the products and the seasonings and all this stuff going on. I mean, because if you've been doing this all your life, that's the plateau that you want to reach. He is the blueprint for me for where I want to go with this whole thing. Eric so Thomas, I have all the respect in the world for him. Absolutely. Eric Thomas of the Rolling Grill joining me here on the show. Uh, all right, so let's kind of tie up the show portion of this, then we'll get into the book part. A uh, little bit different result than last time, third overall this round. How do you find the showing? And, and you know, you had an experience underneath your belt uh, from the previous season. Did it work to your advantage, your disadvantage? Did it not work at at your disadvantage or advantage at all how did how do you think uh no you know i think everything was smooth i think the i think after being on one time it definitely works to your advantage because the cameras are not much of an issue at that point i mean you're just free flowing you're pretty much into your element as who you are when you're at home or at a at an event cooking you're just being yourself and i love to teach people about barbecue so i think for me this time around i wanted to do more of teaching guys what i do and less you know playing towards the camera so that's what I did. I didn't get out of my element uh, at all. Um, I, I don't know how that bone ended up in my box. <laughs> I mean, if I could do it all <laughs> over again, I would definitely uh, search that box again for that bone. But um, all in all, man, I was happy, man. I cooked good food. Um, Robbie cooked good food. Jason from Heavenly Hawk, he cooked good food, man. It was a great show. We had a great time. But ultimately, I think the bone cost me big time. But I can live with it. If uh, Pitmasters came up to you and said, hey, come on again next season, you think thir third time's a charm? I'll tell you what. If they called me and asked me to come, I'd go back. I wouldn't care. I mean, at the end of the day, man, I, I had a great experience. And if they wanted me to come back and do something else, I would go back. That, uh, totally. Totally. I mean, anybody that's been through that experience and, and, and enjoyed it would, would go back, no questions asked, man. It's a great experience. And to be blessed with those kind of opportunities, you know, and you do this for a business, you'd be a fool to turn it down. 
Eric Thomas joining me here on the show uh, recently uh, this past Saturday on uh, Barbecue Pitmaster's debut uh, season five, I believe it is now. Uh, so let's transition here uh, real quick here, and I'm, I'm opening up. I, okay, so look, I'm an idiot. You're right. You signed the book. My apologies. Eric sends me a copy of this book. I'm like, oh, you didn't even sign. He's like, open the damn page, dude. I'm like, yeah, okay. So just for everybody can see it, I'm showing it up in the camera. It's uh, John Hancock by Eric Thomas himself. How to start a home-based food truck business. And, you know, food trucks have really seen, at least from what I have uh, been able to ascertain, uh, kind of a renaissance, especially maybe over the last three, five, six years. In your opinion, why has the food truck business really seen such growth? You know, I think because it's different food. And what you have is you have eclectic, different type of people, whether it's barbecue pit masters, it's chefs that cook Asian food, whatever. They're, they're, they're tired of the kitchen scene. They're tired of getting paid low wages for cooking great food. And they're taking it on their shoulders and they're going out and starting these mobile businesses, whether it's a trailer, a truck or a cart. And really, a lot of them are using the food, the mobile food scene as a way to as a gateway to a brick and mortar. They use that as a way to make money, to get out and reach reach a you know, potential investors, a way to make money so they can go and get a brick and mortar. And now what you're seeing is you're seeing brick and mortars turning around and doing the same thing, reaching out and getting food trucks so that they can reach potential customers that they can't reach in a regular brick and mortar. So, you know, it's kind of going both ways now. But I mean, the food truck scene is never going to stop. It's amazingly huge in places like Portland, California, Miami, Austin, Texas, you know, uh, places like Chicago and Atlanta are still having a little difficulties with the city governments. But I mean, it's 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 not going to stop. It's going to get bigger and bigger, if you ask me. Eric, did you go out and actively solicit interest from publishers on this book, or were you contacted? No. Th- on, on the book, I actually went out and solicited. The book was initially just about me and my mobile journey with food. The way the whole mobile food, uh, how to start a food truck thing jumped off is, you know, the food truck show, um, the great food truck yes. race was really popular. Love so the it. publisher wanted to go that route with naming it that. But it mean it encompasses and embodies all of mobile food, not just food trucks. I mean, if you got a cart, if you got two Bunsen burners and two pans, I mean, it's it's like they do it in Korea. I mean, it's it's it encompasses the whole thing. It just gives you a journey on how to get started, what to look out for, and a lot of you know a lot of the the wins and losses. So when you get the uh, initial signing, how long does it take to go start to finish in the writing process? Uh, start to finish may have been. Six months. Really? Uh, yeah. Paul, you're a freaking genius. Yeah. Holy damn, that's like nothing. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of research. Wow. Um, I, honestly, the, the biggest part, I think, for me was uh, all of the edits. I mean, because I had a lot of it. I had already done enough research on it, but all of the edits that they put you through before the book comes out is, is really what takes the most time. But for me, I mean, I was pretty much maybe about two-thirds of the way finished uh, already before I even got the deal. And they pretty much accepted everything I had, so it was a win-win. I didn't have to go back and redo a lot of stuff. Eric Thomas from the Rolling Grill joining me here on the show. You know, title says it all, but for the people listening who have been thinking about doing something like this, key factors that you think, you know, maybe some of the the biggest key factors in being successful in the food truck or, or the portable or mobile food truck business. Key factors is you have to understand your city government. Um, like for guys right now that do catering, I think one thing I think that hurts a lot of uh, food truck guys is they don't want to cater. Well, food truck money is only going to take you so far. You've got to cater. So you've got to be able to do both. You know, if you're going to do a food truck, understand before you 
even do the food truck. Put your catering menu together because you're going to get calls for big parties. You're going to get calls to set up for weddings. You're going to get calls to do movie set stuff. But those guys want catering menus. They don't want just, you know, one little sandwich and, and, and a side. They want catering menus. So you got to be set up for both catering and what you do on the street as far as like your five, you know, most food trucks have maybe like five or six solid items that they sell. You know, that's my biggest thing, I think, and understanding your city government and understanding that if you're going to do mobile food on the street, you got to find you a good commissary. Because if not, you're not going to pass the health inspections. Uh, what about probably one of the most important things, liquidity? Do you need to be in a uh, financial, well, stupid question, but I mean, do you need to be in a financially strong position uh, versus something like a traditional restaurant or if you're taking over like a, a rundown Dairy Queen type deal? No, I think for food trucks, I mean, there, there are a lot of places, especially in California, that rent food trucks. I mean, um, I mean, it, you don't have to buy them. There's a lot of there's a lot of places that rent food trucks, that rent food trailers that are already equipped. Whatever you need, you know, you just sign a lease agreement and get going. I mean, and get started. Um, so there, there, I think a lot of misconceptions are you have to buy the truck. Now you don't have to do that. I mean, there are a lot of places that do rent. You just got to do your research, and a lot of that stuff. I actually, I have a, actually have a few places in the book that actually do a lot of lease uh, on food trucks. You'll find a lot of them in California. Eric, are there food persuasions or types, if you will, fare that you would uh, perhaps want to stay away from in a food truck setting? Not at all. I would just say be creative. Um, if Joe Blow down the street is doing pulled pork sandwiches and and baked beans, do something different with it. You know, spin it, twist it. Food truck food and immobile food is all about being eclectic and doing the simple stuff, but being a little creative with it. You know, appearance is everything, you know, be a little more creative with it. But no, I mean, you can do any any kind of food. I mean, you got cupcake trucks now, man. You got you got you know, you got cup Waffle House even has a food truck down here in Atlanta now. I mean, anything will sell, man, as long as it's good food. If you're on top of the game, you have a good location, you have good commissary hookup, you know all the deal. Uh, and you're working your ass off. I mean, look, if you're going to be in a food truck, it's like anything you got to put in the work, of course. Oh um, yeah. I mean, what can you what do you think you can clear out after expenses and and all this other stuff, uh, permitting and whatnot? I mean, what do you think you can clear out in a year? You looking at six figures, you looking well into that, you looking at uh, you know, high five figures? No, I mean, it's it like I say, it's, if you're just going to do food truck stuff, no. Any guy that does a food truck will tell you, if you're in it for the money, then you might as well give up. I mean, you got to do other <laughs> stuff. You know, to just set up on the street and sell is not going to do it for you. You want that that truck and that trailer is a mobile billboard. You have to use it for all it's worth. Like I said, catering, movie sets, like down here in Atlanta right now, movie sets are popping up, All movie production houses are all over the place. These guys want to be fed, and they want to mm. be fed pretty much 24-7. You know, so there's a lot of other things you can do with a food truck and a food trailer besides just doing mobile food on a on a street. You know, fairs, festivals, construction sites, control. Uh, you know, there's there's a plethora of things you can do. But but number one is you better have a good catering menu to go along with that mobile plan because if not, you're losing out on a lot of money. I would be remiss if I didn't ask this question, but people are going to be listening to this interview and they're like, "Oh my God, Eric knows so much." Aside from the book, are, is Eric Thomas available for consulting? Oh yeah, I mean, I, I mean, damn right. I get twenty percent now. Come on. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, uh, of course, man. I mean, that's like I said. My one of my things that I love to do, man, is I love to teach people. Knowledge is power. You know, each one teach one, pass it on. If I know something, and I can help somebody else out with it, man. I'm not one of those guys that like to keep it all up under the cuff and 
and and and you know, nah, I'm I I love I love that. If it's something I know and you need some help with it, I, I'm cool with that. I, I love to teach people, man. I I love to pass the knowledge on. So nah. Eric I'm always available. Eric Thomas is a lover of people and is the pitmaster of the Rolling Grill, author of the new book, How to Build a Home-Based Food Truck Business, which obviously can be easily obtained through a site uh, called Amazon.com. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, Eric, great to have you back on the show, man. Continued success. You too, Greg. Appreciate it, bro. You got it. There he is. Love that guy. Bringing it strong with the food truck talk. I don't want to be redundant, but bringing it strong in a strong way. And you could tell, uh, Eric, very passionate about the whole food truck business or the mobile, uh, the mobile eating eateries, mobile eaters, mobile eateries. Uh, again, it's to how to build a home-based food truck business. Amazon.com, search Eric Thomas Rolling Grill, and you will find it. Buy it through my website. Click on the Amazon link in my website. Give me five dollars. Centralites, are you interested in taking barbecue and smoke foods to the next level? Have you thought about starting a catering business? We were just talking with Eric about that. Opening a food truck, we were just talking with Eric about that. Or even your own restaurant. If you have answered yes to any of these questions, let Cook Shack help you be successful. Register for Cook Shack's Fast Eddie Restaurant and Catering class to be held in July. The class is held at the Country Club in Ponca City, Oklahoma. Uses their commercial kitchen. You will see how to cook on a Cook Shack charbroiler, FEC 500, 120, and SM 160. All smokers used during the class will be available for purchase at a special rate for participants in the class. The class has a classroom portion and a hands-on portion. If you want to handle meat, rubs, and knives, this is the class for you. Each student will learn how to select proper meat, cuts, and trim brisket, pork butt, ribs, and chicken. Other topics to be discussed include menu items, cooks and hold technique, food safety, brining, profitability, and yields. It also includes setup dinner service and serving the patrons for the country club. This class, taught by legendary Fast Eddie Marn, barbecue pitmaster, TV show finalist David Bosk of Butcher's Barbecue Competition Cooking Team, and Cook Shack CEO slash President Stuart Powell, frequent guest on this show. Each student will receive a binder with class materials and supplies and Cook Shack spices and sauces to take home. It also includes three nights of hotel, meals, a tour of the Cook Shack manufacturing facility, and a tour of the Head Country barbecue manufacturing facility. Class dates are July 21st and 22nd. Class size limited to 25 students, so sign up today. I'll have to double-check with uh, Krista to see exactly how many spots are left. For more information, see how many spots are left. Contact Krista at Cook Shack, 800 800- Four two three zero six nine eight. That's eight hundred four two three zero six nine eight. Or email her at c underscore jones. That c is in Charlie underscore jones at cookshack.com for additional information on Cookshack or Fast Eddie by Cookshack. Visit cookshack.com. All right, we're back to wrap up the first hour. Right after this, stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, 216-220-0966, Greg at uh, Audio screen still down, folks. Sorry about that. Sorry about the left. Sorry that you have to spend some time in the chat room with the rest of the people. 
Is Deputy Corey still in? Yeah, there he is. PCF. I see PCF. Tango Charlie Sierra. What's up, brother? What's up, brother? Brother. All right, uh, we have lots planned for the second hour. Hopefully you are ready for that. Steven Reichlin will be joining us in the second hour. There is the song. What song, Jeff? Damn it. Oh, no. Well, I'm going to fix that in the break. Shysters. I just dropped my... Oh! Drop my earphone thing down the ground. This earphone thing, you can't see it. It's highly professional. All right, uh, we're going to jump away. We'll reset for the second hour. Uh, in the second hour, you'll find Stephen Reichen. You'll find Scott Roberts, official sauce and rub reviewer. Special thanks to Arthur Chu. Arthur-Chu, C-H-U dot com. Listen to his demo. He's got a good voice. If you need a pro voice guy, why not give him a little work to a guy in Cleveland? Or Arthur. Me or Arthur. I have a much more uh, baritone voice. Traditional radio guy voice. Arthur has more of a uh, subtle tone. Good for regional spots. Not national spots. I'm your national guy. Arthur's more of the regional guy. Uh, you can jump in on the show, 216-220-0966, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. And uh, I'm going to refresh my drink. I suggest you refresh your drink before we get too far involved here. You're listening and, well, you're just watching still the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. Be right back. to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show we cook because we have to and we grill because we want to fine how's it going <laughs> you have a great show i'm a big fan so what 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 seems to be the problem here this man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle charbono it's all about the charbono dude Succulent fish, what? He ate fifty four wieners. Oh, listen, Lavernia, shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Ooh. Top men. All right, just like that, we are back in the second hour. Uh, still down audio stream. 
Uh, I do have a support ticket in a simple cast, asking them, What the hey? Evidently, these are things that happen. Uh, still to come tonight, Stephen Reichlin, barbecue and grilling icon. Scott Roberts, barbecue central show official sauce and rub review. On the show next week, confirmed. Pitmaster of Texas Pepper Jelly wins a lot, a lot. Craig Sherry. He has hit the magical seven grand championships in the allotted window to get the auto kicker into the jack this year. So he will be headed down to Lynchburg. Confirmed. Also confirmed. Uh, I believe he's the country's best steak cook or something like that. He also wins a lot of barbecue competitions. Monty Brown of Trash Can Cookers is in. And as a favor to my guy Kevin Bevington at the uh, Outdoor Cooking Channel. Meathead mentioned it briefly last week. Unless I'm mistaken, Pigman. Pigman will be on the show. Kevin, uh, email me during the show and tell me if we can expect Pigman. I believe Meathead said this guy goes around and uh, kills wild hogs and then sells them to a barbecue restaurant in Texas or wherever, Florida, somewhere south. (laughs) <laughs> that shit ain't happening up here. <laughs> so uh, Craig Sherry, Monty Brown, and Pigman. What's his name? I want to know what Pigman's name is. All right. Uh, last year I screwed up in a hellacial degree. I was supposed to give away uh, Jim Elser's Sweet Smoke Q gift pack. And I'm going to do that tonight, but we're going to do a game, folks. That's right. So call in right now, 216-220-0966. We are going to play the ever-popular Cheese or Font. That's right, Cheese or Font, the way the game goes. I will pick up. I will say, are you ready to play Cheese or Font? And you say, yes. And then I'm going to ask you three questions. If you get two of three correct You will win the prize. What is the prize, you ask? Glad you asked. Three bottles of pork juice, two bottles of sweet sauce, one bottle of spicy sauce, and a bonus bottle of the not-yet-released beef juice. Hoofa. It's probably well over $100 worth of stuff for free. All you have to do is call in 216-220-0966. And play cheese or font. I will give you a name. You will say, is it, is this cheese or font? All right. All right. Uh, area code 516. Name and where you're calling from. Greg, this is Don from Long Island. How you doing? Don G, everybody. Hey. What's up, brother? Not much. How you been? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. You ready to play uh, cheese or font? Yeah, let's give it a try. All right. Let me get my music up and running here. Little Milt Buckner. Little Robin's Nest. You like uh, the Robin's Nest? It sounds like an all-skate music. Oh, yeah. That's right. Uh, left around the circle, everybody. I'll skate. Guys, don't hold the girls' hands. They got cooties. <laughs> all right, uh, Don, ready to play cheese or font? Let's go. All right, uh, question number or uh, cheese or font number one. Let's see here. Ristretto. Cheese or font? Let's go cheese. Let's go 
No. Oh, no! We suck again! Tricky. That's how the game is played. 216-220-0966. Very easy. Uh, 781, name and where you're calling from. It is Patrick Pocket. Patrick Paquette. All the regulars are uh, jumping in tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah! All right, Patrick, uh, you ready to play cheese or font? I am. You could win three bottles of pork juice, two bottles of sweet sauce, one bottle of spicy sauce, and a bonus bottle of not-yet-released beef juice. Are you excited? I am very excited. I know I am. All right, uh, cheese or font, first one. Derby. Cheese or font? Derby is a cheese. That's absolutely right. All right. Uh, you answer one more correct, and you get the Sweet Smoke Q-Juice Pack. Um, Patrick, are you ready for your next cheese or font? I am ready. All right. Cheese or font? Danbo. Cheese or font? Danbo. I'm going to guess, and I'm going to say... I'm going to say you took too long. We suck again. Five seconds. Come on. What are you doing? 216-220-0966. you got to answer within five seconds after I give it to you. Come on. I know you're Googling it. Come on, Patrick. You rat bastard. All right, 216-220-0966. No, it was a font. Or, no, it was a cheese, Patrick. <laughs> oh, you funny little so-and-so. All right, a couple minutes left to give away the Sweet Smoke Q-Juice. You would have been wrong. That's right. 216-220-0966. Come on, call in. Win over $100 worth of stuff. Maybe $200. Plus, the chip's for free. You don't have to pay for the shipping. What are you worried about? Oh, who do we got here? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hey. Oh, jeez. Also, just added to Sweeten the Pot a free copy of Eric Thomas's book, believe it or not. So you get all this stuff plus a free copy of the book. All right, uh, area code 518. Name and where you're calling from. Jeff Starks, upstate New York. All right. Jeff, how are you, buddy? Very good, my friend. Are you ready to play cheese or font? For now, a uh, potentially autographed uh, copy of how to start a home-based food truck business, then all the Sweet Smoke Q products. I certainly am. All right, here we go. Cheese or font? Grana. Cheese or font? Cheese. Correct. Grana is a cheese. All right, one more. You get the whole prize cadoodle. Jeff, are you ready? I am ready. Bandol. Cheese or font? Font. Damn it. Oh, no! We suck again! It is not a font. Bandol is a cheese. All right. Piers easy. Might be hard. Thanks for calling in, Jeff. Uh, we're almost there, folks. We're almost there. Kevin now telling me that the pig man is not necessarily confirmed yet. Oh, no. Kevin, get me pig man or I'm walking off this show. 
I'm not really walking off this show. Come on, give me a call. Don't make me beg. Dial the number, 216-220-0966. And uh, we will have a fun and frivolous time of succulents. All right, area code 706. Name and where you're calling from. Uh, it's Adam Pace from Athens, Georgia. All right, Adam. How are you, buddy? Uh, pretty good. All right, ready to play cheese or font for a huge prize package? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. All right, Adam. Uh, first question. Kavoon. Cheese or font? Font. Kavoon is a font. You are absolutely correct. All right, next one gets you the whole prize package, and we go with hominis. Cheese or font? Uh, I'm going to say font again. Son of a bitch, you got it. There he is, Adam Pace, bringing it strong. A man who obviously knows all of the fonts and uh, perhaps uh, font points as well. Adam, congratulations. Here's what you have to do. Send me a quick email with your shipping information. And uh, I will get that off to Jim Elser at Sweet Smoke and Eric Thomas of Rolling Grill. And you will have your respective products here sooner than later. That sounds good. All right, Adam, thanks for calling in tonight, buddy. All right, thank you. There he is. All right. That's uh, Adam Pace, everybody. Way to go. It's just that easy. Just that easy here in this game called life. All right. We got uh, Stephen Reichlin coming up next. Oh. I think, I think my mom's calling in. <laughs> Sorry, we ran out of time, Mom. Being loud. Folks, let me talk to you quickly with my good friend Stephen DeFranco in mind. As a matter of fact, I was just talking with Steve a little bit earlier. But Steve, when are you coming back in the uh, the friendly confines of the studio? So he's checking out his gun schedule. He'll get back to me on it. Uh, but while we figure out when that will be. Let me talk to you quickly about Stephen DeFranco. Obviously Mother's Day coming up, Easter coming up this Sunday. Do something special, do something right, and don't get screwed while you're doing it when it comes to the jewelry and stuff like that. Stephen DeFranco is a guy that you should be turning to. The website, stephendefranco.com. You can click on his logo on the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com or better yet, give him a call, 440-943-2700. That's 440-943-2700. And you ask for Steve when somebody answers the phone. And then say, hey, Steve, I was looking at the website, saw this watch, or I had some questions about diamond earrings or a diamond ring, or can you build me a ring, or whatever the case may be. And feel 100% confident, rest assured, that Steve is A, the owner of the store itself. You're not dealing with some hack. You know, he's the man. So he's going to be able to hook you up with the pricing, make sure that it's fair. He's going to ask you all the right questions. He's not going to try and jam you up and make huge commissionable dollars and talk you into something that you really don't need or that isn't going to convey the uh, right emotion or sentiment you're trying to get across. I mean, he has a quiver full of questions that he's going to be taking out, shooting them at you. 
And as he uh, pins you up against the wall with all of the answers that you're giving him, he's going to say, hey, now that I got all those answers, let me present this option, that option, that option. Here's the price ranges. You make the best decision because not only does he want the business today, he wants it on down the road. Maybe you tell your kids about Stephen DeFranco before you pass out or on or whatever. And again, it's stephendefranco.com, the website, and the phone number 440-943-2700. You tell him you're a barbecue brother or sister. Tell me you're a fan of the show. You listen to me. Rebby tells me to call in all the time. He'll take it from there. It's just that easy. I do all of my jewelry shopping and any other jewelry type shopping at Stephen DeFranco. Not just because he's a sponsor of the show, because I like to spend my money there, because I don't want to get it screwed. Don't get screwed. Deal with Steve. 440-943-2700. We're back with Stephen Reichlin right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Uh, Central Lights, it's the third Tuesday of the month, and that means it's time to do a segment with Icon in the industry, a host of TV shows, the creator and instructor of the very popular Barbecue University class and author of most popular barbecue and grilling books in the history of barbecue and grilling books. Let's head on over to the hotline and welcome back good friend of the show, Stephen Reichlin, joining us. I think I got a little bit ahead of myself there. He's good. Stephen Reichlin joining us here on the show. Stephen, how are you, buddy? I'm good. You guys are going to call back on my landline, right? I sure can. Uh, and that is 305. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We're on the air. I'll call you back. I have it. I have it saved. I'll call you right back. And Stephen Reichlin getting ready to give out the uh, proverbial uh, landline. No! Don't do that. This is Stephen Reichlin. Hey, Stephen. This is Greg. Hey, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for joining me tonight. You know, few different, uh, few different topics that uh, we're going to be messing around with, but uh, let's go ahead and start with that new book, if I'm not mistaken. This is the one that took roughly 17 years to finally get finished, right? <laughs> nah, not quite that long. It was a four-year project. Wow. Uh, it's called... Uh, man-made meals and it is a crash course on culinary literacy for guys and uh a celebration of of uh guy cooking uh, do do guys do you think being a guy yourself i'm a guy do you think guys are continually stereotyped as the non-domesticated animals perhaps that their counterparts were 20 30 years ago oh not anymore no i think uh cooking has become a become a great source of uh Recreation, a great outlet for creativity. Uh, I think men are cooking more than ever. I think we're deriving more pleasure from it. And uh, I quote a study in the book that says something like 68% of women say their husbands or boyfriends cook better than they do. I was going to say, as uh, someone who used to, uh, quote-unquote, chase tail, I've always found it was easier to say, hey, I cook really well, instead of saying, hey, let's go to a bar and see what happens. Absolutely. You know, I uh, interview a series of what I call food dudes in the book, and 
These are guys, uh, not all chefs, they're actors, musicians, uh, activists, writers. And one of the questions uh, I ask is, you know, what was your favorite seduction dish? And uh, many of the guys said, you know, it's not what you prepare, it's the fact that you know how to cook. And you get a woman in uh, the kitchen, she watches you cook, she watches you move, she watches your hands, you move with confidence, you know. That is more seductive than any chocolate dessert. Stephen Reichlin joining us here on the show, uh, barbecuebible.com, the website if you want to check it out here while we're uh, talking a little bit. Uh, fairly sizable book tour going along with this effort, Stephen, but uh, curiously missing the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. What gives? Yeah, uh, I don't know why that's not on the list yet. I'm working <laughs> on it. Uh, part of the problem is that... Uh, I have some overseas travel before the tour, and then we've got July 4th after the tour, and I think they, there are only so many cities they could jam in. You know, I also have Barbecue University coming up uh, out at the Broadmoor Resort in Colorado Springs. So I think roughly between Thursday and, uh, and June the 30th, I get to sleep in my bed a grand total of three nights. I think the biggest problem is it's Cleveland. Let's be honest. Now, I like someone... Cleveland. I like Cleveland. I've had some great food in Cleveland. You've got the greenhouse, right, all those guys? Oh, yes, of course. I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 I obviously I'm a little, you know, homerific here because I live here. But I think, uh, and not to diverge, but Cleveland uh, still, for whatever reason, is the butt of the most horrific jokes ever on the face of the earth that are easily 45 years old now. The river burns, the sports team. Okay, well, the sports team suck. But that's sometime that will change, I, I think. Uh, but you, also, you have a you have a great market, as I recall. Yes. It has a lot of uh, West Side European cured meats yep. and sausage. Yeah, it's Cleveland's a, a, you know, uh, Greg. I'm of the belief that any place has something worthwhile to see and do um, if you're there for 24 hours. And when you're on book tour, you know, it could be Paris, it could be uh, it, it could be Columbus or Cleveland. You're there for 24 hours. I uh, I always find something worthwhile. Yeah, I think uh, when people show up, they might have preconceived ideas about Cleveland, but when they leave, they're probably our uh, biggest endorsers and supporters after the fact. Uh, Stephen Reichland joining me here on the show. Uh, Stephen, are, are there a couple, you know, parts of the book that you're really fond uh, that you're really fond of that you really hold on to? Well, you know that feature that uh, food dudes uh, section. Uh, was it, actually it was my wife's idea, but I feel like it, it lent a, a sort of a depth and an interest and a and, and an almost a philosophical aspect to the book that you don't normally find in men's cookbook. And I interviewed guys like uh, Stanley Tucci, the actor. You know, I had great stories about growing up as an Italian Italian American. Uh, Michael Pollan, the food activist, had very strong feelings not only about what we should eat, but how important it is for men to cook in terms of setting or being role models for our kids, making sure our kids eat home-cooked meals. Uh, young guys like uh, Paul uh, Keita of Men's Health Magazine, you know, who brings, uh, brings the uh, perspective of a 20-something. Uh, some of my favorite chefs uh, from North America, Thomas Keller, for example, Jose Andreas, uh, Great interview with a guy named Ben Shuri, uh, who's a chef from Australia. So, I think it's um, I think it's a little bit you know, people find it a little bit different than your uh, than your typical men's cookbook. I mean, the other thing is uh, 
it's a really big book. It's 650 jam-packed pages, wow. you know, 300 recipes, but there's advice, advice on everything, you know, how to buy, uh, how to buy steak, how to age cheese, how to make cocktails, how to open oysters, you know, just all the stuff that guys should know. We talked about how long this book has taken you to get done, longest of them all, if my memory serves me correctly, from previous discussions. But, you know, I know you're a teacher at heart, someone who loves to impart wisdom and talk about what you learn through your travels and experiences. Do you see that there would ever be a time where you're not wrapped up in some kind of writing project? Uh, maybe when I'm six feet under. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, you know, I, I, I'm a writer. I love to write. It's sort of in a way how I make sense of the world. Uh, it, it's, it's funny, uh, Greg, I just actually, you know, I wrote a novel a few years ago yeah. and, uh, and then I did the men's book, but I actually just finished a short story, uh, for publication and an anthology up in Montreal. Now I have a big presence in Montreal because in addition to Primal Grill in English, I have a French, uh, language barbecue show called Le Maitre du Grill. And the short story, I can just talk about it for a minute. It was, uh, uh, what I did was I, uh, I imagined an 85-year-old guy who's the man that invents barbecue in Quebec. And, you know, it's completely made up, but I just kind <laughs> of gave me a chance to kind of muse about how you would cook if you were in a, in a lumber camp in the backwoods. And, you know, of course, you didn't have a stove or propane. Everything you did was over wood and everything you cooked was either hunted or fished or foraged. Um, so it's kind of a fun project. Stephen Reichlin joining me here on the show, barbecuebible.com is website if you want to check that out here while we're talking. You know, obviously, well, I mean, you wouldn't know it today because we got three inches of snow in Cleveland and it's yeah, freaking cold again. You know, my assistant lives in... Uh, in Cleveland, so oh, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, follow your weather very closely. Forty degree temperature swings from Monday to Tuesday, but nevertheless, that's what you get when you live by the Great Lake. Um, yeah. Springtime is kind of upon us here. It, it will be uh, full swing here in a few short weeks. So grilling season, if you're that type of person, will certainly take place. So we we know you got to do the proper maintenance things, but and I think you might have mentioned this is like the the resolutions of 2014. Shouldn't this be the year, Stephen, that every person, guy, gale, alien, whatever, commits to the multi-cooker backyard? Well, I sure think so. Um, you know, we, we still live in a country where about 68% of us uh, cook on gas grills. And I'm not about to bash a gas grill. I have one, you know, on a busy weeknight, I yep. use it too. But certainly if you're a gas griller, you ought to at least uh, open the door to charcoal grilling on a simple kettle grill. Uh, why? You can grill on charcoal. You can smoke on charcoal. Uh, it's just fun and primal and manly to uh, cook over, uh, over charcoal. And then as you expand your repertory, uh, you know, I'm working, uh, my next book's going to be a book on smoking. So, um, you know, I think a smoker is very at home uh, in, uh, in a backyard. Uh, offset barrel smoker, upright water smoker, uh, the, the pellet smokers are, uh, are gaining a lot of popularity. And a true smoker uh, can do things that a, uh, a charcoal grill uh, sort of set to smoke cannot, and that is get you down to really low temperatures. We're going to be doing an upcoming blog on making your own bacon. Uh, in fact, we've got we've been smoking bacon uh, all month, and um, it's very hard to get a charcoal grill down to 160 degrees. Yep. 
I mean, one way you start is you use less charcoal, but still, it's the th- those the thermodynamics of a uh, of a charcoal grill are really not designed for those low low temperatures. So that's why it's also good to invest in a smoker. You know, I often find myself like pining away for a brisket or a ribs if I'm stuck in the office. But, you know, reality hits and I really only have time to cook chicken and I cook a lot Mm. of chicken. Uh, Are you a chicken guy? Me too. Yeah, man. We made chicken last night and uh, uh, I'd say we eat some form of chicken once a week. Why? Uh, Speed, variety. I mean, you know, chicken's kind of like a blank canvas and depending on the marinade, the preparation, the smoke, uh, you can really take that bird around the world. Um, what we often do, it's a process, a technique I call smoke roasting. So basically it's indirect grilling with wood smoke, but it differs than true smoking in that you're cooking at about 350 degrees as opposed to 250 degrees. When you try and smoke a whole chicken with the skin on, what happens? The gets a great smoke flavor, but the skin yep. turns very rubbery. Yep. So if you smoke it at a higher temperature, you get the crisp skin and the smoky flesh. Um, and uh, actually, we're going to be doing a, I wrote a blog about that this morning. It's going to be going up in the uh, next couple of weeks. I'm just, it's funny. I just, I just started a series of blogs on barbecuebible.com. It's called uh, What I'm Grilling Now. And I thought, you know, very often in the blogs we'll address grand, we'll address grand topics like brisket or ribs or, uh, you know, the 10 best grill masters in North America. But I thought it'd be interesting from time to time to just share with people actually what I grill on a weeknight um, for my wife and uh, not sort of trying to make a big culinary statement, but just trying to get something really good on the uh, table. So this is uh, last uh, last night we stuffed fresh herbs under the skin, very simple rub on the outside, Mediterranean rub, uh, smoke roasted it on a charcoal grill indirect for about an hour, and then we always cut up uh, root vegetables and put them in the drip pan. So the root vegetables uh, they actually roast in the melting chicken fat and juices, mm. and. It was a dinner that required about 15 minutes of preparation time, uh, an hour and 15 minutes of cooking time. And, you know, I guarantee you nobody ate better in Miami last night. I'm a big fan of chicken, so I think, uh, you know, if if you're one to shy away from it, it's... And as you said, I, I've always called it like the, the blank canvas of... Uh, If you want to test rubs or or different things, there's no better thing to use to uh, kind of see what you're up to. You know, uh, transitioning a little bit, uh, for the Jewish Centralites, Passover started last evening, uh, goes until the evening of the 22nd. Uh, Any food recommendations during this time, by chance? Well, I do, and as a matter of fact, the uh, blog that was up yesterday, and if you scroll down, it's the second blog. uh, On the website, it shows a picture of... uh, Herb and garlic dusted grilled matzah. And, um, you know, as, as you know, or, uh, uh, matzah, uh, Passover is sort of, it's, it's the story of the uh, liberation from slavery to uh, freedom, the escape of the uh, Hebrew slaves from uh, Pharaoh's grip, uh, the 40 years in the desert, and the founding of the, uh, um, the nation of Israel. So, it's a really big deal holiday, but it's defined not by what you can eat, by what you can't eat. And what you can't eat is any leavened bread 
Why? Because the Israelites, as they were fleeing uh, Egypt, did not have time to let their bread rise. So we eat matzah to commemorate. But just because we're eating matzah doesn't mean we can't, you know, uh, we can't make some really good stuff. So I think if you look at this picture of matzah brushed with extra virgin olive oil or chicken fat, if you want to go in that direction, dusted with finely chopped spring herbs and garlic, uh, crisped on a hot grill. Man, I got to tell you, it's 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 primo. On the counter to that, uh, Easter obviously coming this Sunday as well, long, long associated with that Easter ham. You know, for the life of me, I don't know if I've ever really been into the whole hot Easter ham thing. I mean, I love deli ham sandwich. I love leftover Easter ham in a ham quickie type of a scrambled egg deal. But the original dish is kind of just like meh for me. What's your take on Easter ham? Well, uh, first of all, uh, understand that I'm sort of approaching it from the outside because we never ate Easter ham at home. But uh, I actually do like Easter ham. And uh, what I do, and you can read about it in the current blog today, uh, is I start with a ham, a cooked ham that's been already smoked. Uh, But then I smoke it some more because smoke's one of those things where if a little is good, a little more is even better. Uh, I do a brown sugar bourbon glaze, you know, so you kind of play up that sweet and smoky. Um, I don't put pineapples on it because I think that's a little retro. Um, And, uh, you know, I I think anytime you have a big hunk of meat and you carve it for people gathered around your table, it is an act that is simultaneously generous, magnanimous, uh, and and it, it it also it's it's just a real it's a great way for people to share in a holiday. Stephen Reichlin joining me here on the show uh, barbecuebible dot com if you want to check out some of the things we're talking about. Um, you but, know we ought to mention since we you mentioned both of those holidays if yeah. I may yeah. uh, one food on the grill that's totally unexpected that actually bridges both holidays and that's eggs eggs on the grill. So I first discovered grilled eggs in Vietnam, where I watched a lady roast uh, an egg on a tiny charcoal brazier, and then shell it, serve it in lettuce leaves with uh, Thai basil and sliced hot chilies and uh, nyuk mam fish paste dipping sauce. Uh, and then sort of fast forward to, uh, to Israel a couple of years ago, where I visited an inn, one of whose specialties is they cook eggs in a smoker, and then they turn those smoked eggs into what in effect is an egg salad. Absolutely astonishing. But eggs, obviously a part of Easter with the whole Easter egg hunt, and uh, a part of Passover, because uh, there is an egg on the ritual Passover platter. It's a symbol of spring. I think the presence of egg in both holidays probably uh, predates both holidays, and it was just sort of a symbol of new beginnings of springtime. But if you have never smoked an egg, you know, if you wind up with 20 or 30 eggs from that Easter egg hunt, hard-boiled eggs, put them in your smoker, smoke them until they're they're kind of bronzed with a patina of smoke. Uh, man, that is absolutely astonishing. Really? Eggs, yeah, oh, egg salad, deviled eggs, um, uh, egg pate, uh, smoked eggs rock. Wow. All right. Uh, Smoked eggs. Didn't even see that on the radar. Stephen, bringing it strong as always and joining us every third Tuesday of the month. No one appreciates the time more than me, of course. Stephen, uh, have a great Easter with the family this Sunday, and uh, we'll talk with you again next month. Thanks. Grill on. All right. There he is, Stephen Reichlitz.
barbecuebible.com. And uh, I think three of those things that we were uh, talking about uh, on the website right now, barbecuebible.com, so be sure to check that out. Of course, no one appreciates the fact that Stephen knows how to get out of a segment quickly, not rambling on at the end like uh, some guests like to do. They feel obligated to then uh, filibuster while I'm on a clock. Don't filibuster. Shut up and get off the phone. I'm done with you. Stephen Reichland, man's game. He's been on television radio a bunch of times. All right, gang, here we go. If you're like me, you're always thinking of a way to step up that barbecue and grilling game. No better or easier way to do that than by adding a little butcher barbecue to your arsenal. We all know that Butcher's well-known for their injections, the pork, the beef, now the prime injection, which has combined all the things loved from their beef injection using its award-winning flavor enhancer and its ability to keep your brisket juicy. They have combined it with what has become the competition standard in beef flavor, available for sale right now at ButcherBBQ.com. Now, perhaps you are going for that go-to rubber sauce. You've also hit the mother load here as well. Butcher's Barbecue, a full line of award-winning rubs. One of my personal favorites is that steak and brisket rub. But look, if it's going to have anything to do with pork and potentially chicken, that honey rub, I will eat it with a spoon or a shovel, depending on which one I have easy access to. Uh, that honey rub garnered a lot of competition last year when Dave was on the Barbecue Pitmasters TV show. A year before that with uh, reviews, making a lot of top lists. You want to try it out. Try the premium rub, especially if you inject with butchers because it's formulated to work with the injection. A perfect one-two punch to impress judges and friends alike. And last but not least, of course, I talk about it every week, the sweet barbecue sauce. Love it. Tastes great. No liquid smoke. No easy way out. The shipping is great, too. Items totaling $55 ship at $8.50. Between $55 and $200 ship at $9.75. And anything over $200 ships for free. So I always say... Make sure the order totals over $200. Save on the shipping altogether. You can easily buy $200 worth of stuff in Dave's uh, product store and not even blink an eyelash. I mean, it's all good stuff. It's all worth every red, thin cent and gilder. Don't cheap out. Get $201 worth of stuff and shave, uh, shave and save on the shipping. Uh, head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com to stock up. Don't forget about the trade-in link. If you've tried another commercial injection that has let you down, whatever is left, print off that uh, piece of paper that you print off on the trade-in link deal. Fill that out. Send back the commercially made injection. Dave will weigh it and send you back at your request the pork, the premium, or the beef injection, or the bird booster. Of course, we didn't talk about that today, but bird booster as well. Different flavors coming out to uh, help flavor profile that bird. It's all happening over there. The injection shaker. Come on. you kidding me? Get on over to Butcher Barbecue right now and stock up. ButcherBBQ.com. That's Butcher's Barbecue. Always trust your butcher. Uh, we are back with the official sauce and rub reviewer of the show, Scott Roberts, right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we're back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. A small hiatus has turned into a victory of return as we welcome back the official sauce and rub reviewer of the Barbecue Central Show, Scott Roberts, joining me here. Scott, how are you, buddy? 
Oh, fantastic. Great to be back. Where have you been? Are you on movie sets, traveling the world? I mean, what is going on with Scott Brown? Oh, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. Well, let's not do that. In those cases. <laughs> no, seriously, I was actually on a grilling and smoking hiatus. Uh, I'm sure you up there in Cleveland are familiar with that great whiteout and the, the horrible winter we had. Oh. I, I literally didn't go out for like a month. Really? I mean, yeah. I still, you know, gutted it out and went outside to cook. But, I mean, jeez, there were uh, definitely the frequency was down compared to previous winters. This was easily one of the worst on record. And, shit, I mean, it was 70 degrees yesterday. It's right back to 30, and I got the heater and sweatshirt on today. Very frustrating. Yeah, but it's great weather out there. Of course, um, you know, I'm not a fair weather griller. No, it's just, no. It's just when it's 15 below zero. I, yes, I absolutely agree with that 100%. Uh, Scott Roberts joining us. Of course, you know him from scottrobertsweb.com. He is a uh, chili head expert. He has his finger on the blistering pulse of the industry. Uh, since it has been a little time, any news to report on the goings-on in the uh, chili head world? Uh, not huge news. The New York City hospital. Hot Sauce Expo just happened a few weeks ago. I did not attend, but I heard it was a huge success. They had a contest. Uh, who could eat uh, or how long would it take to eat three Carolina Reapers peppers? And some guy did it in like 12 seconds. I mean, is it hard to eat them? Like, can't you just put them all in your mouth or were there rules like you had to eat one by one? Uh, I, I believe it was one by one. But uh, obviously, in 12 seconds, the heat is not going to build up. So I yeah. don't think it was heat factor. We're just chewing them up and swallowing them. Uh, obviously, 10, 15 minutes afterwards, that's when it's really going to start with the stomach cramping and everything. What's his, uh, what's like the, the – what do they call it? The Scoville meter on those? The Scoville scale, yeah. yeah. Um, the really hottest ones got up to about 2 million. Scoville <laughs> units. And uh, now, just for the people that maybe they're not familiar with the uh, – the hot scale, when you hear 2 million, like what does that mean? Like 2 million glasses of water would quench the heat or something like that? It was actually uh, 2 million, or, or you'd have to put a drop of this and 2 million ounces of water for it to be detectable. Oof. But obviously it's far more scientific nowadays. I mean, that the, the way they used to rate it you know, 80 years ago was way too subjective. But just for comparison's sake, an average jalapeno pepper is about five thousand. Yeah, uh, you know, the serrano pepper maybe forty thousand. Habanero anywhere from like one hundred to three hundred thousand. Uh, but but the very hottest peppers, you know, tip the scale at about one million. But this hottest one, the Carolina Reaper, uh, anywhere from like one point four million to two million. Wow, I mean that's huge numbers. We're not interested in that here, by the way, but we just love hearing about people <laughs> eating that and then, you know, seeing visually their pain as uh, the pressure starts to set it. All right, so uh, we bring Scott on here to redo uh, sauce and rub reviews. First thing we have tonight, Heartbreaking Dawn's Pit Seasoning Dry Rub. So obviously we're starting off the drop. Uh, what did you think of this one? Uh, very, very good rub. Heartbreaking Dawn's is a company uh, based out of New Jersey nowadays, and yeah, they have dabble i shouldn't say dabbled they went full force into the spicy foods game but uh the 
owner, Johnny McLaughlin, is an absolute flavor genius. He gets combinations of different ingredients. He knows it very well. And, of course, you don't need extreme heat to make it taste good. And he has really nailed um, probably one of the best beef additives that I've had in quite a long, long time. Really the best the, – the foremost – uh, attribute that came forward after eating some of this with me was umami. Oh, and that's not something I immediately, you know, I usually think, oh, this is a little spicy, a little savory, a little this, a little that. But umami, and of course, it uses no MSG. It's just an absolute outstanding flavor. And this is uh, going to be great on beef. Beef, it's good on a lot of different things, yeah. but it really brings out. The beef flavor and, of course, the natural beef juices um, intermingle with all the spices in this. It's just a, a really great combination. All right. Uh, price, size, and where can you get it? Okay. You can buy a five-ounce shaker bottle for five ninety nine plus shipping, and you can get it at heartbreakingdawns.com. On the uh, quality price ratio, uh, where does this come in as, as a buy? A pretty, pretty decent price? Oh, a very good buy. Yeah, yeah. Highly okay. recommended. And, of course, the question is, Scott, what do you rate it? Well, I would give this a top 10 call. All right. So uh, definitely one you want to check out again. Uh, HeartbreakingDawns.com. It's the Heartbreaking Dawns Pit Seasoning Dry Rub for just under 6 bucks for 5 ounces. Uh, Pappy's Smokehouse Original Barbecue Sauce is up next. 19 19 now. When I hear Pappy's Smokehouse... I got to admit, I, I don't feel like we're going to go down a great road here, but it, it just could be one of those stereotypical oh, names. It's not a stereotypical thing. No? Uh, of, out of all the <laughs> legendary barbecue places in the St. Louis, Missouri area, Pappy's is probably the name you hear most, and wow. they've earned that honor. I mean, just an absolutely terrific place to, to go to for some barbecue if you don't feel like making it yourself. Uh, the barbecue sauce they use is pretty good, and this is the their pretty much your base regular product. Um, now, as far as a flavor profile, and of course, I don't buy, you know, to the whole strict regionality thing. Like, you know, Kansas City is this, Memphis is that. Yeah. Uh, St. Louis is an amalgamation of different styles. I mean, it does borrow heavily from the Kansas City style. I mean, this is kind of really bold, rich, sweet, but there is quite a bit of the tanginess, a tomato quality that runs through it too. So as far as a good general all-purpose sauce, this is what the sauce is made for. Is it like thick? Uh, Probably medium consistency. Not really thick, but not drippy and runny either. All right. Uh, and, And a good overall sauce can be good on a number of different things. Yeah, uh, just about everything. I mean, immediately I think of pork is when this, I think of this sauce. Is this a sauce where you could also look at it as a good base where you could uh, pour it in and then just really start jacking it up with a whole bunch of other stuff? You know, it probably is. I never use it as a base. Uh, when I do different combinations, I usually start off with a good seasoning, a good rub, and try and think of it that way. You know, if um, if I'm going to use a sauce like this, I'll probably experiment more with the rub. You know, if I'm in a spicy mood, I'll add, you know, some more uh, cayenne pepper to it. Uh, something with a stronger, bolder flavor, you know, a little bit more garlic, maybe a little bit of ginger. But it, this is probably a good base sauce. And you could experiment, 
you know, to your heart's content. All right. Uh, price, size, and where can you get it? Okay. You can buy a 19-ounce bottle for $6 plus shipping and handling, of course, at their website, which is pappyssmokehouse.com. Uh, QPR on this one uh, for the price, for the shipping, all that stuff, uh, decent enough? I would say decent. Uh, it's not like the ultimate steal in the world. Uh, and the rating on this, I would give a little bit above a backyard griller. So not great. Not great, but good. But good. <laughs> uh, now at Pappy's Smokehouse, their actual restaurant, they make some fantastic smoked barbecue. And when the sauce is applied to that, it's very, very good. All right. So, uh, you know, a good helper along uh, with, with the barbecue there. So uh, maybe, you know, if you see it or you, if you're not, you know, really probably not one. There's some things that you review on the show and it's like, man, tooth, nail, however you find it, go get it because it's that good. Uh, some of the other ones are like, hey, you know, if you see it or whatever, this could be one of those type of a thing. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, again, that's Pappy Smokehouse, original barbecue sauce, 6 bucks, 19 ounces, pappysmokehouse.com. Uh, last item up for review is Smoky Dave's Bird Bath and Grilling Sauce. Very interesting uh, title there. Yeah, the, the best name, probably the worst product out of the bunch I'm reviewing tonight. Um, <laughs> oh, there marketing. are a lot of sauces out there that are just – Bland, run-of-the-mill, uh, I ca- kind of call it non-offensive. Yeah. Something made for the masses, something that would uh, appease uh, quite a number of uh, different uh, preferences out there. I think this tries to aim and hit the bullseye with all of those different preferences, but I think it misses on most of them. So I think if you're going to go for a particular flavor profile, just go for that and just do the best you can at that particular type of taste. But aren't there so um, many? It, aren't there so many of the bland, run-of-the-mill, hit the majority of flavor profile people sauces out there that? Why would one want to go into business providing a uh, a me too sauce? I mean, you got to stand out a little bit, right? I think you do, but I think that they go for sales. What appeals to people? I mean, if they're going to buy something, they're going to want to buy a lot of it. It's not just, oh, you know what? I'm in a really, really type of spicy, smoky mood and just kind of get one bottle of sauce out of the fridge once a year. Now, they want to go for something people will go for every weekend. And I think the Smoky Dave's bird bath and grilling sauce is that type of thing. But it's just bland. It's not terrible. But it's just one of those things. I think the main ingredient was ketchup. Uh-huh. So you're going to start off with kind of a sweet, uh, just that ketchup feel in your mouth. A little bit of spices added, a little garlic, a little onion, but not enough to really wow my mouth. And I want something that will wow my mouth. Uh, Consistency-wise, on the thicker side, on the thinner side, and the medium? I found this to be a little bit on the thinner side. Oh, really? Something that, that thickens up, yeah, once it cooks for a while. All right. Uh, price point and size, and where can you get it? Okay, you can buy a 16-ounce bottle for 5 bucks at MySmokyDavesBBQ.com. All right, MySmokyDavesBBQ.com. Let me pull up that website so everybody can take a look at it, too, while you're talking. Yeah. Uh, For the value, it's probably not worth it for $5 plus shipping. And uh, overall rating, I would have to give this an oven baker. Wow, oven baker. Get the crock pot ready, everybody. 
Um, look, I mean, they all can't be winners, I guess. So um, my smoky days, bbq.com. Uh, perhaps if you uh, have a enemy in the barbecue world, uh, well worth the purchase to give to them to kind of uh, get have a have fun at their expense later. Leave it at their house. Exactly. They make Say, hey, something. Here's my secret. Here yeah. you go. <laughs> You're right. That's right. <laughs> Enjoy it when I'm not around. Um, again, that Smoky Days Bird Bath and Grilling Sauce, five bucks for sixteen ounces. MySmokyDaysBBQ.com is the website. Uh, and just to recap, uh, Heartbreaking Dawn's Pit season dry rub pappy's smokehouse original barbecue sauce and then the smoky days bird bath and grilling sauce the items that uh, we were into uh, scott before i let you go anything that uh, you have coming up that you would like to promote or make people aware of uh, not only was my outside uh, outdoor cooking barbecue excursions kind of on hiatus uh, so is my podcast the weekly firecast uh, i am kind of reintroducing that as the Firecast. It's huh. not going to be weekly, of course. Um, a couple times a month, I'm going to put out an episode, and the next installment is going to be coming out very, very soon. And if people want to listen to that, they can just simply go to thefirecast.com. Scott, when is it going to be called theextinguishedcast.com? <laughs> oh, never. I'm not going to give up on this yet. <laughs> All right. Uh, Scott Roberts joining me here on the show again, scottrobertsweb.com, the website. Always appreciate the time, and we will talk to you again next month, buddy. Okay, thanks, Greg. All right, there he is, Scott Roberts. Again, scottrobertsweb.com. Look, I'm going to tell you right here, right now, as somebody who has been in, who started in the podcast game, you know, podcasts, as it were, in the traditional sense, it's all recorded, you produce it, you edit it, and then you upload it for consumption that way. I'm telling you right now, if I had to go into uh, podcast-only mode, if the only way I could do this show was podcast, I have, I'll have. i tell you right now, this show would be over. Um, you know, I could easily say that this show doesn't make sense for me to do live anymore because I don't... When you see the wide discrepancy of 10, 11, 12,000 downloads per month versus a few hundred listeners live every Tuesday, I could make a very good argument on why I would. But I know if I didn't have the, the pressure of putting together a live show every week and that stress was off, watch out, folks. No show anymore. <laughs> I just didn't get to it. Do you hate standing next to a hot grill? Uh, not when it's 10 degrees outside, but when it starts to warm up, if it ever does. I'll understand your pain there. Let iGrill take care of it. The iGrill 2, the iGrill Mini Bluetooth grilling thermometers work with your iOS device to let you know when your food is perfectly cooked from up to 150 feet away. They magnetically mount to your grill or smoker and compact with pretty awesome features like graphic, Min and max temperature settings and custom alarms. The powerful yet compact single probe iGrill Mini comes complete with proximity wake-up and LED temperature indicator that goes through a range of colors based on doneness. Red lets you know everything's done, while green, yellow, and orange shows its progress. Get your own for $39.99 at this website, iDevicesInc.com. That's the letter I, the word devices, and then Inc, I-N-C. iDevicesInc.com or at select Lowe's stores. If you have a Lowe's by you and you're interested in the iGrill Mini, check it out. It might be there. The iGrill 2 is bigger and badder with a full illuminated display and four probes for maximum temperature tracking. 
be shipping uh, next month, just in a couple weeks' time. Pre-order your iGrill 2 right now for $99.99. Today, get free shipping on your order, $50 or more. Again, at the same website, iDevicesInc.com. That's the letter I, Inc, I-N-C.com. You can also follow iGrill on Facebook for exclusive offers and barbecue updates. Also, they still have the regular iGrill for uh, $79.99. That's free shipping as well. What have we learned during this read? Anything over $50 at iDevicesInc.com ships for free, which means saves you money. So if you're somebody that likes to track a number of different temperatures, all that stuff, uh, iGrill 2 for you. If you just want, uh, you know, single probe Jones, uh, the iGrill Mini. But it's got really cool features as well, the LED and how it shows through all that stuff. iDevicesInc.com, that's iGrill. All right, uh, we're back to wrap up the show right after this. Stick around, we'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampy. Big B, Let's go! I'm an outlaw. Give me two shots. We don't need a radio. Bring a jukebox for my outlaws. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. That's the two ways to get in touch with me. Get something to say about the show tonight? Drop in. Happy to take your call. Jeff Starks weighing in. Apparently, I don't know my cheeses and fonts as well as I thought I did. Thanks to Greg Rampy for allowing me to test my wit on the Barbecue Central Show. Jeff, you're welcome. Thanks for calling in. In uh, related news, audio stream still gone. Maybe this isn't as big of a dink. Don't you hate it when people say dink? It's like, uh, anywho, maybe you won't find this as much of a dink as I did, but I got an email from Kevin at the Outdoor Cooking Channel. So I said, hey, what's this, this guy's name really? Pigman, potentially. Uh, so A, not confirmed. Pigman, not confirmed. Pigman's real name is Brian... I can't believe this. I'm really hoping this is the way you say it. Brian Quacka. Really? A guy running around in the South with weapons, shooting pigs, selling them to barbecue joints. Last name is Quacka. Thank you. That's awesome. I love that. There's nothing not great about that. The only thing that would not be great about that if it's actually not quack. It's got to be that. It just has to be that. Uh, Jeff, uh, no, Adam Pace won the Jim Elser's Sweet Smoke Q gift pack. Sweet Smoke and then the letter Q.com. That was very fun that we did at the top of the second hour. Maybe uh, Jeff will be up for donating another prize pack to do it all again. 
next week. And maybe we'll revert back to everybody's favorite game, wine, uh, what is it, uh, winery or rehab. That was fun. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's just get out of here and be done with it for crying out. All right, all the way back in the first hour. Remember, we had uh, 11-time Jeopardy champion Arthur Chuan. Talked about his time on the show. We talked about his uh, lead-up to the show. We talked about in-game strategy, which pissed a lot of people off. Which I still don't understand. Get over it, traditionalists. Same people that hate the barbecue guru and cooking pits because we're not cooking in holes anymore. I mean, come on. Give it a break, Jack. He made $300,000. Good for him. And cashing in on his now 17 minutes of fame, as he said. Funny guy. It's working to be a stand-up, in case you didn't realize. Uh, then we had Eric Thomas from The Rolling Grill. We talked about his appearance on Pitmasters. We also talked about his new book, How to Start a Home-Based Food Truck Business. He gave away a copy of that in the top of the second hour contest. Thanks to Eric for joining me. And then the second hour, uh, grilling and barbecue icon Stephen Reichland talked about the new book, Man-Made Meals, the book tour, Why He's Not Stopping in Cleveland. We talked about Easter hams. We talked about grilling matzah for Passover. A number of other items as well. And then we closed out with the official sauce and rubber viewer, Scott Roberts from scottrobertsweb.com. Three products, uh, one really good one, one in, and one new. If you missed it, go back and get the podcast through iTunes, through the barbecuecentralshow.com. However you're going to do it, do it. Uh, we'll see you back here next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. And I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Good night now.